All right, hello and welcome everyone to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella and I'm super excited to roll into this next hour with you all. I had the pleasure of chatting with our guest speaker offline just for a couple minutes and I'm just ready to take notes with you all um, and ask her all these awesome questions that are very relevant to this time. Um, so I won't spill any beans right now, but what I do wanna do is go over some quick housekeeping rules uh, so that we all feel comfortable and confident in this next hour. Oh, there's lots of crazy things going on in the world. So I just wanna start by saying thank you for joining us for this hour. Um, let's make the most out of this moment. Uh, come off of mute whenever you want, write in the chat box whenever you want. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid background noise, but I can't stress enough. I would love to hear from you. You're, you're taking the time to join us. So come off mute whenever you want. Uh, if you do come off mute, you will be featured in our live recording. Um, so uh, if you wanna keep anything sensitive, you can find me in the chat box under Mariella. You can write to me anonymously and I'll flag that to our guest speaker. Otherwise, just feel free to write publicly and come off of mute. Um, the last thing that I'll say is that this is being recorded. So uh, I know we live in a world where everyone's multitasking all the time. Uh, and if you've been on these chats before, you know my spiel, but you know, I, I have to remind everyone because everyone likes to do a million things at once. So uh, I invite you to be present for this next hour and then you can rewatch this uh, video on Power to Fly and you can take notes vigorously there. Um, and the last thing, last thing, last thing I'll say is follow us on socials and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with the rest of the chats we've got lined up for you this month. Uh, and without further ado, I'm gonna pass the mic to our guest speaker. Um, let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to learn about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today, Tamara. Yeah, so um, my name is Tamara um, and I've actually started as a software engineer 13 years ago. Um, and I started just working from an office in Boston. Um, and a little over six years ago, I actually moved back to Israel. And when I moved back to Israel, I started working remotely. So I've been working remotely for a little over six years. And in the past year or so, I've been building my own startup uh, for better time management for, for families. Um, and I came across Power to Fly through LinkedIn, actually, um, and kind of had this great chat with Nicole and also had a different chat and learn about family scheduling. Uh, and I'm so super excited to, to talk today about remote working because I love working remotely and I think it, it is actually a great way to, to work. And, and I think that a lot of a lot of professions and especially in tech really allow for remote work. So yeah, I'm just super psyched to be here today. Thank you, Tamar. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, and I know that we're going to learn a lot with you. But that said, uh, you all have submitted some great questions offline, as Tamar said. So we're going to walk through them one by one. If you see your question come up on the screen, for example, this question, feel free to come off mute uh, or write in the chat box. If this is not your question and you want to add your two cents or you want to add your, you know, your dream that you had last night, again, come off of mute. I want to hear from you. Um, so Tamar, let's start with this first question here. How did you find your remote? I've been looking to work remotely for a while, but haven't found the right role. Yeah, so when I moved from Boston to Israel, I actually, the company I was working for in Boston wanted me to continue working for them. Uh, and so I couldn't be an employee. I, I kind of became freelance, but I was working for them uh, full time. Um, so it started out that way, but pretty quickly, six months later, um, the, 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 it wasn't a good fit for me anymore, that role, the company was going through changes. And a friend actually reached out and said, hey, you know, I work in an all remote team and we're looking for engineers. Would you like to join? So it might sound specific, but I actually think that 
in general, even though we live in the more remote world and the more virtual world, the human element of, of job search is still very relevant, even for remote work. Um, so I got to that position through a friend, and I, but I also see that a lot of communities online are more effective in, in finding a job than you know, just, just applying through the online tools. Like a warm introduction is, works better. And I see it in uh, local Israeli tech, uh, tech uh, women in tech teams, uh, groups and Facebook and stuff that sometimes you even ask, hey, is anyone here working for this uh, company? I would like to submit my uh, resume because the, the human element is still very important. Absolutely. And I love that you are bringing in the human element because, I mean, as we all know, we're kind of stuck behind the screen um, in various forms of life and especially now. Um, and so, you know, if I had to uh, ask everyone to be a little more mindful about something, I would, I would say just that, you know, keep the human involved. Um, and, and if anyone has joined any of my previous chats where I've moderated, I love asking our guest speakers uh, about emotional intelligence always, just because that also brings the humanity back into whatever it is, your purpose, right? And your mission, um, just to make sure that we're practicing empathy and self-awareness. And I often find that, um, you know, now that things are switching um, more or less in different countries to, you know, working virtually and working remotely, these big questions keep getting bigger, actually. So I'd love for you to just, you know, I know I just threw a big piece of uh, conversation your way, but feel free to unpack that as this hour goes by. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think we'll touch upon it uh, in many other questions, because I think in a remote job, the, the whole communication aspect actually takes an even bigger role. Like you have to, to be more mindful and invest more and communicate more and think about how you're communicating more because you're working remotely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And I see some folks nodding their head as well. So that's great. Um, I just also want to shout out where we're all calling from so that uh, as we are, you know, rolling through this next hour, we can, we can see that these are global questions. Um, and so, you know, I do invite everyone to come off mute and share their perspective and, and share their voice as well. So we've got, uh, as I said, I'm calling from Argentina. Tamar is calling from South Africa at the moment. We've got Brazil on the line, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Boulder, Colorado, Costa Rica, Boston. Great. So if you're just joining us, go ahead and write in the chat box uh, where you're calling from so that we can see where you are in the world. Also, you can let us know anything about your journey that you want our guest speaker to keep in mind so that as she's approaching your questions, she can dive in deeper uh, as it relates to your current situation. Situation. So Tamar, let's go into this uh, next question here. Could you share some advice on the transition into remote work? I've never fully worked from home and I'm nervous about starting a fully remote position. Yeah, I think that's a great question because I, I think there, that it is a transition, you know, and, and it is something to be, to be mindful of that it is not the same. You know, when I started working from home, um, First of all, it was especially like the social aspect was hard, like not interacting with people. So I found myself going out more to work either in coffee shops or in um, uh, a shared uh, workspace. And th there's a lot of advice online that you can find on like how to, to, to set your own corner, for example, like make sure you're, you have like a workstation and that helps separate, you know, your, your, your private life and your work life. Um, but I, I really think that the, the major thing is really to remember that it is different and not, I've seen, especially at this, at this 
few, you know, last eight months really, I've seen so many companies transition into remote. And often I've seen people just try to duplicate or replicate the same, the same plat, the, I don't know, the same rules or the same dynamics and, and keep doing the same thing from home as they used to do from the office. And that usually just doesn't work well because working from home is more offline and it's great. I, I think it's wonderful once you adapt to it, but you do need to, to give yourself the time to get used to it, that more communication is offline, that things are not as immediate and that you can actually like in the middle of the day, if you're stuck, you know, get up and grab a shower or go, you know, wash the dishes because you're stuck anyway. And if you're in an office, you're just there, you're just in the office, you're just sitting in front of your desk and we're kind of used to that frame, that way of working. So it, it is a transition and can be sometimes like a little difficult or challenging to adapt, but I'm also here to say that, that you, you will adapt and that it will be kind of wonderful, I think, uh, once you do, like there are so many benefits to it. Right, and we were chatting a little offline before we started to record just about how um, the landscape is so new, right? And so that means we can, we can experiment, we can create really anything we want. Um, and so to be mindful of that as well, like we're not bring, we're, we're bringing, you know, how we have been educated and raised, but essentially we can, we can uh, build our own architecture of, of how we work remotely. Um, and so one of the things I love is that, for example, more women are working remotely, you know, so we can have, uh, we can take up more space in this new architecture, more people of color, you know, more diverse voices. Um, right now we're a global community that's joined for this first hour, you know, on this conversation. So, uh, you know, we get to put global perspective together. And I really, you know, I look forward to seeing how that can um, benefit the, 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 our societies even. So I know I'm getting a little deep there, but uh, I just wanted to say, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's, it's a great opportunity and I am excited for, you know, more of remote work and the possibilities that it opens. Great. Okay, so I have a message here in the chat box from Kate. Um, she's, she asks, uh, living abroad during the pandemic, finding a role has been difficult. How can we stay motivated to keep searching during hard times? Or is there a point you should think about looking for different roles? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question because I think motivation in general, I don't know, at least for me in the past eight months has sometimes been hard. You know, it's been a hard eight months. Uh, like everything that's happening. I mean, sometimes it's just hard to keep motivated. So, you know, whether to look for a different role or not is hard to, to, to be able to advise without, like there are so many variables and so many things to, to know. If you can find something else that excites you, then maybe give it a try. But if you're really passionate about what you do, you know, what I do, well, I meditate. <laughs> that's, that's how I overcome personally my, when I have like just motivation drops and, I also accept it, you know, kind of let the wave wash and, and, and then continue on, you know, don't give up, just continue on your path. Absolutely. And I find that now, I mean, I'm 
launching a new workshop next week. I find like, you know, now gives more flexibility to, to actually do what you said and to, to listen to what you really want to do. And then in that case, um, you know, maybe experimenting with, you know, moonlighting. I love that, that word. My mother taught me that years ago, moonlighting, you know, something that you could do, but it's not really what you want to do, but you know, it pays the bills until you can just like really get the fruit out of your labor of following what you, what you actually want to do. Um, and I mean, you know, times are changing. So it's like, again, it's a good opportunity to experiment that with that, because maybe you'd be going up against, you know, many more super concrete obstacles where now everything's kind of, you know, fallen down and, and you can sweep up and pick up and, and put things as you, as you like. I, at least I found time to experiment with you know, nurturing my own business um, and not <laughs> working full time for, for other people. And not to say that that's bad, but during this, you know, the, these hard eight months, you know, I, I call it just like birthing creativity and how, what do you do with that? And so I've, I love these spaces where we can have conversations that encourage each other to, to follow our dreams and to keep on going. So Kate, keep going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. Uh, what's your favorite piece of advice you've learned in your journey of remote work? And I'd also love for you to talk more about like your transition. As you said, it is a difficult you know, thing to, to experience. So can you talk a little bit about before you started working remotely and the transition as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know if it's advice per se, but there's a great book called Remote, Office Not Required. Um, and it's by a CEO of a company that went completely remote. It's a great book. Uh, it's a light read. Uh, I, I recommend it. And, and my favorite quote from that book was something along the lines of like between laundry and TV and things that needs to get done. How, how are you able to get anything done working from home? And he answers, because I'm an adult and I have work to do. Um, and I just love that because I, I have been asked that, you know, pre-pandemic, how can you concentrate at home and how can you get anything done with all the distractions? I mean, I think that part of the beauty of remote work is, is trust. Uh, you know, it kind of forces more trust between, you know, employers or bosses and the, the workers because, no, nobody can track, especially when I'm home. I can pretend to be online on Slack and go do a gazillion different th things throughout the day. Um, and it's that trust that really gives me the freedom and I think really enables us as, as people because I think we do care, or we want to care about what we do and be passionate about it and, and enjoy it. Um, so I think that, you know, I don't know if I can turn it into specific advice, but I do think that, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of, even those distractions. And my, my uh, uh, variation on that sentence was even more that someone asked me like, that eggplant in the, in the fridge that, you know, has been waiting and is about to go bad, is calling you to go and make it in the middle of the workday. And my response was, okay, so I'll go and make it in the middle of the workday, you know, so, so what, <laughs> you know, it's like, we, we don't, I don't have to sit at my desk for eight hours and I actually found that I'm more productive doing that. So I'll, I'll, you know, wash some dishes while I'm heating up my lunch and I'll go do the load of laundry if I'm stuck at a problem. Um, and I think, you know, if you asked about, you know, the transition, I think that was the biggest thing for me. You know, the beginning, I was very like counting my hours 
you know, how much time in front of the computer I get to do. And if I don't get to do those eight hours, I felt like I was cheating or, you know, being dishonest. And, you know, over the years, I realized that it's really not about the amount of hours I sit in front of my computer because I get my work done because I'm more productive because of the flexibility that I have. And, you know, allowing myself to just, to just, do that, you know, to just, if I'm stuck on a programming problem, just go to the climbing gym. And sometimes in the middle of the climb or go for a run or take a shower in the middle of it, suddenly it's like, oh, I get it now. And then I run back to the computer because I love what I do and I enjoy doing it. And I, I will go back to doing it because, you know, it's part of who I am and what I do. And even the parts I don't like, still my job, I still need to pay the bills, you know? So it's, it's, you find your own rhythm when you work from home and it takes time and it can be a little hard and your rhythm will be your own. Like throughout the years I've seen, like I can no not work in coffee shops, like the, 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 the noise and the commotion, I, I cannot focus. But there were people in my team that always worked from coffee shops because they couldn't concentrate at home. And like everybody found kind of their own way you know there was a, a different person on my team that left every day at 3 p.m to go pick up his kids bring them home like be with them for a little bit until his wife also came back from work and then came back online and you know you do need that trust you do need like your your boss and your employer to to have that trust in you but when you are able to form that ecosystem i'll call it then it's really beautiful because it really allows everyone to find, you know, if you're more productive in the morning, work in the morning, in the night, work in the night. If you have kids and you have kids and it, like Maria, you said before, you know, suddenly really allows me as a single mom that has to leave early twice, three times a week. And I work Sunday to Thursday and not Monday to Friday. And yet it gives me the space to, to work and be productive and be a part of the team and, and have a great career. Brilliant. I love it. Um, I would love to have you write a book or something. <laughs> I'm just like, just like, uh, you know, no, no pressure, but totally, you know, this, the rhythm uh, is key for me because we've, I love that um, we're being challenged uh, in a lot of different ways, obviously, just trying to be optimistic about, um, you know, finding the positivity in this crazy time. So time is challenging us, I think, like, how can we make things change? Like, how can we end racism? How can we end sexism? It's not gonna take, a, you can't push a button and in one second it's gone. It takes work, it takes time and that is frustrating people, right? And to build products and to meet certain expectations of, of yourself and of your clients and of this business world that has been you know, made by mostly white heterosexual men, how do we move things along? And so finding your way to work, I think that's one of the simplest actually like if you want to call it, you know, being an activist, like you decide what, what is best for you so that you flourish and you share that. And I love that you said, you know, you go do what you do. You come back ready to like, you know, with inspiration that you found on your, on your walk or, or when you were rock climbing uh, versus having to sit there and bite your finger until you, you get the answer, get the, the result that you want. So um, I love that you're speaking so eloquently about this. Um, and I hope that more companies will start to, to value all of these things that you're speaking about. Um, let's move on to the next question here. 
So what challenges have you seen uh, come from trying to grow your career remotely? Have you seen any benefits? So, yeah, like I, like I said at the beginning, um, the, the challenges are, I think, more around you have to communicate more. You have to be more proactive in communicating and broadcasting what you do. Because if something happens in a private chat in Slack, it's, it's, you know, it has more of a chance to be buried and nobody will know you, you did this amazing thing. So afterwards, you know, go and write an email about it, not in order to brag, to keep everyone in the loop. You know, you want everyone to know, but make sure that you reflect your work and your accomplishments um, because, because it's harder to see when it's remote. And especially, so I, I, when, I, when I said I found that position remotely, I actually worked for GoDaddy, which is uh, US-based. So while most of my team was uh, in the same time zone as me, like spread across, but the same time zone, all of management, like my boss and above, were all in the States and so were other teams. And it just, it's not just the remote, it was also the time difference and the location because most of them did work from offices. So you have like several layers of being removed from the center um, and, and it becomes just more important to kind of like, so for example, I, um, I was, uh, I, I built a, a, a product within GoDaddy. That's how I became a, a team lead because I, I started this project and then we put a team together, uh, and got it uh, up and running. And when it was still like very small and fresh and just some, Thing that like some prototype that I built by myself, there was a call at Friday at 10 p.m. my time, and Friday is like uh, part of the weekend in in, in Israel. Uh, it's like a Saturday, um, kind of. And there was a call where you know for a big group, and they also showed a demo of this prototype, and I recorded the video, and they didn't expect me to come. Like I I'm very I was always very clear about my boundaries because you can very easily, especially in that setup, let it sip and find yourself in front of the computer every night till 10 p.m. And that's just burnout, it, at least for me and I think for most people. Um, but for that call, I decided, you know, I do want that visibility. I do want to be there and for people to know I did that. So I, I joined at 10 p.m. and answered a couple of questions in chat that came up about the demo. And what happened is that my boss's boss wrote to me afterwards thanking me for, for pitching. Because, you know, it, it was the step more and it was that visibility and that is a challenge. And I'm not saying that you need to do that all the time. Like I said, I am very strict about my time. Again, being a single mom, it's not like my time with my daughter is sacred. I don't work unless it's like something extreme or, or unique but I've always made it clear, you know, these are the times that I can do afternoon calls and these are the times that, you know, I'll catch you the day after offline. You know, we're not brain surgeons. <laughs> the software can usually wait, unless it's a huge bug, it can usually wait another day. Um, but I have made sure, like I've described, to always kind of reflect up and around, but also make sure, like just always make sure that it is seen, you know, especially as women, I think we're like, 
culturally trained to not take credit and heaven forbid if we were bragging <laughs> or, or push ourselves or put our, ourselves in the front. Uh, and I do think that that is something that is needed more in remote work because if you're in an office, maybe you can just do your job and do it well and it will be seen because you're all co-located and in the same time zone and are doing everything together all the time. Um, but especially when you're remote, you, you need to, to make sure that you echo your accomplishments in your work. And I'm not take, saying take credit on things you didn't do, but make sure that you do get the credit for the things that you did do. Yes, I love that. I love the I love the visual as well of echoing that out. Um, and then one thing that I learned, um, I think this last year on a chat about just how to how to negotiate um, for when your career pivoting or when you're looking for your next role. Um, someone brought up the the idea that I all I share whenever I can. So maybe this is new for someone here about having a brag folder. So that, you know, as Tamara is saying, you're, you're echoing this out and you're doing it more so also to keep a record. So you can keep this brag record of your accomplishments to remind yourself, because I agree with you, Tamara, on that uh, women, we have been, I mean, it's a generational uh, gift and, and, uh, and curse <laughs> to, to, to not, you know, to, to have this imposter syndrome is like a big word and it's like, well, let's, we can unpack that a lot, but if we could just um, realize that, um, you know, imposter syndrome is just something to distract us from ourselves, from our intuition, from what we want, from what we know we can do, um, then we can remind ourselves with these brag folders or these, you know, like you're saying, echo it out, let folks know so that, you know, you don't have to let yourself down in the end. I would love to hear you go more into that. Imposter syndrome, care to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> Yes, because I think you can do both. That was what I was going to say, because I, I, I did have imposter syndrome. It hit me one day when I realized that I was still waiting for my boss to realize I don't know anything and to fire me and all of this will crumble because, you know, but you can do both. You know, I, I, I feel like maybe I, in a way, I've trained myself to not listen to these inner voices because they're, they're, they're not helping, like... I'm here, I'm doing my job. I'm not taking credit for things I didn't do. So, you know, I, I still echo my things. <laughs> Even if I feel deep inside, maybe I don't deserve the credit. Still do it, you know, still take the step. And I also like, I think it was around the same time. I kind of realized I always have this, this subconscious voice telling me I'm worthless and, and can't do anything and will never, come to any good and don't deserve anything. I'm sorry, I got a little like dark and deep, but I realized that I always have this voice and, and I just decided to change it. And it was very artificial at the beginning, you know, whenever I realized just, just being mindful of suddenly that voice starting to whisper and suddenly I realized and I'm like, no, I'm amazing. And like you said, I had a brag folder. I did this and this and this and this. I'm good. I can do this. And I actually like to this day, it became like, just nature, just by practice, that whenever I do something, even the smallest, I congratulate myself. Like, oh my God, Tamar, you loaded the dishwasher. Go you, you're such an adult. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's such a huge, uh, 
it's a conundrum, this, this imposter syndrome. And the more that I've worked in, in technology, I mean, I've mostly worked on branding and marketing and the, and the so-called creative side, all sides are creative. I just like to say, you know, so let's stop giving so much power to one side. Um, so let's all be creative. And with that, like imposter syndrome kills creativity. It just stops you. So I love that you were able to like, listen to that voice and be like, wait a minute, you know, take the backseat. Let me, I got this, let me drive. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like you said, it just holds us back. All right. So I love that we're going deep on some of these questions. So all people who are joining us live, feel free to to go in deep with us. You can write in the chat box. You can hop off of mute. Okay. So Tamar, uh, how have you established your credibility and reputation among peers while working remotely? I love that you keep saying, you know, I'm, I'm echoing what I've done. I'm not taking anyone else's credit, you know? So I love that you, you, I already identify with you as far as, you know, the integrity behind your work. So I'd love to hear you speak more about that. Yeah, I think like in this question, when we're talking about peers, I think that there is a difference, like the question suggests between echoing it up and getting the credibility between peers. Um, I think that like I, I mean, the base is the same, you know, being communicative and proactive. I think that um, jumping in on things that other people depend, especially in a remote work, because you can find yourself stuck. And especially if we're talking about, you know, the time difference and stuff, you can be stuck because you're waiting on an answer from a different time zone by the time it gets back to you and then you'll get back to them another day and another day. So, um, or or jump in and do a code review if you're an engineer or, or give feedback. Um, and I also think doing things like writing documentation, again, all of the communication things take a higher importance in remote work. So so if you write documentation, you're actually helping a lot someone else. Again, especially when when a team is distributed and you can't just hop to somebody's table. And sometimes you can't even hop on the Slack channel if there's a time difference and ask them a question. So really like communicate extra, like reach out, uh, uh, do the extra things that really help other people advance their work as well. Um, and, you know, the, the, they, when, when you then need it and when, when they need to, to think about something uh, or, or want advice or want assistance, like you'll be front of mind because you communicate out, you collaborate, you help them, they help you, you know, and not in a, a, a you know, as a team, the, the communication is also what builds the team as a team. And, and it is even more important when you're doing uh, remote work, because if you don't communicate, then the, the ties in the team kind of can start and, and loosen up a bit, you know? So, so yeah, it's just more important to, to be on top of things and to give that feedback and to be proactive with your communication. And I'd love to uh, open up the emotional intelligence question within that, just because I love that you're, if I can identify the emotional intelligence practice within that, you are putting yourself in the other person's shoes and saying, it'd be nice if they knew about this eventually. So I'm going to like, you know, do this for the team and not just for me. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about emotional intelligence and, you know, creating your reputation and credibility. Yeah, I think that, you know, I actually heard something in a completely different context. It was about interviews, actually, maybe not such a different context, about interviews remotely. And uh, that one of the things that is different 
in remote interviews is that because of the, 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 the camera and the online, it is harder to see people's reactions. And that as an interviewee, you have to pay more attention and really focus on on the people that are interviewing you and see that they're engaged and see that they understand what you're saying, uh, just to know that you're still on the right track because it happens more naturally when you're face-to-face, -face, when you're in the same room. So I, I think, you know, if we talk about that emotional intelligence, when, when you're online, you really have to like turn it up to 11 and kind of really pay attention to, to, to what this person, are they engaged? I, I definitely have seen, by the way, the difference in opening the camera versus having no cameras, like you get far more engagement uh, um, and it's much easier to have a conversation to get more of that connection. So I, I think that, especially in our remote work and you know, maybe more as women who are culturally and traditionally more trained for empathy and for that emotional intelligence, it is a tool that we can we can use more in a in a remote environment to kind of really see that the other side is with us to see what they need to gauge their reactions. Whereas you know if you if you don't engage it as much, you might lose touch with how other people are doing and feeling. Absolutely. Thank you for diving in on, on emotional intelligence. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so we have a question here from Sophia in the chat box. When you are applying for jobs and you get imposter syndrome, what is your advice to deal with this? Um, yeah, I mean, what this is what I do. I ignore it. <laughs> it sounds maybe weird or simplistic, but this is how I deal with it. I'm just like, no. So, you know, I don't apply to, to, now I have a startup, so I do apply to like accelerators and, and VC, I, not so much VCs, but more accelerators and programs and stuff. And it's like, I guess I heard this great advice that someone said, don't think what's the, the, what's the worst thing that can happen. Think what is the most that can happen, you know, like, if I don't get accepted, so I don't get accepted. Like, what have I lost? Like, you know, it's just about me dealing with my own emotion, but I'm not losing anything. Like nothing is actually happening that is worsening my situation. But another advice, well, I'm just like the association from like a lot of different advices on different topics, but it all comes together, was like set yourself up for, for being lucky, you know? that being lucky is not just about trying once and being lucky once, but about trying many, many, many times. And you only need that one time to be lucky. So, you know, that imposter syndrome is, is really just holding us back. And, you know, again, talking specifically about women, research shows that women only apply when they fit 100% and more of the required criteria, where men often, or in general, uh, apply even when they only fit 60 to 80%. So, you know, apply for that job. If it sounds interesting, and if you think that you could maybe do it, go for it. Like the worst that can happen is that you won't get accepted, but set yourself up to be lucky. Yes, Tamar, I love that. I'm gonna write that down. Set yourself up to be lucky. I'm gonna put that in my morning reminders. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, okay, so we have a question here from Heather. Any other tips for remote interviewing? Do you feel you have to be more quote on in order to let your personality shine through on the screen? 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that also as someone who has done interviews, like as an interviewer um, and not just as an interviewee. Uh, yes, I think that not necessarily personality, maybe, you know, depends on your personality. If you're an introvert and you're an introvert, you don't have to be someone you're not. Um, but the communication skills become a, 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 an even more important um, tool or requirement. So when I was interviewing, you know, it, I was interviewing for engineering jobs and it wasn't necessarily if they could solve the problem, but how well they communicated their process and their thinking. So I think it's the communication aspect that you wanna kind of bring up more and, and let shine more. I think personality wise, I don't know, like, I mean, I, me in, 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 in situations like this, for example, for now, like, it just brings more of the bubbly to my, <laughs> I'm not always like this. Uh, so that just happens, but I don't think, I, I think that forcing yourself to, to act in a way that is not natural or authentic to you never comes across well. So just do you, and that's always comes across, whether it's in person or uh, remotely online, the best. And it's just making sure that you show that you communicate very well, even in a virtual, even in a, an online meeting is the, the more important part. Absolutely. And I think uh, just because this is such a new and fast growing space, I think that we all have to be mindful that, you know, there's no way that we can know 100% of each other virtually, you know, and so just to be mindful of that, to not expect people to, to have to put, you know, be a clown or perform, you know, just to be to accept all the different ways that we are um, from here up, you know, it's, it's cutting off of the, uh, most of our, most of ourselves. So um, again, being mindful and, um, I, and I would also just to add uh, to the beautiful response uh, that you've given, I would say, if you're afraid that that's coming across, maybe even just say, hey, I'm really nervous. And, you know, like, the, I don't know, just to bring some humor, you know, that movie with Will Ferrell a long time ago, I won't put a, an age to, to my lifetimes, plural. <laughs> but um, Will Ferrell does, he's like an anger man or something. And he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And, he, and like his hands keep doing this awkward thing on the screen. I feel like that is like us today, you know, like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm having tea, but is it okay if I show my teapot? Yeah, it has to be okay because I need to drink tea right now. To, like, it's, we have to be more flexible with, and less, put less pressure on ourselves because we're not face-to-face. -face. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear you speak more about that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that in a way, a little bit like you said at the beginning, it actually allows for more, for us to be more us, you know, because, I, I, I remember hearing a couple of times in the past, and I think that's especially true for co-located, oh, this person won't fit culturally, which is a very problematic term in my mind. But, you know, it always meant like they won't be one of the guys maybe, you know, I've almost always been the only woman on the development team. So that I think has always been a thing. And then I think in a remote team is like, you can really be you because we're all working from home and probably, you know, half the people aren't wearing pants anyway. <laughs> so it's, I think it does allow for, for more room for us to be who we are, you know, and not have to fit into a role and, and, and say 
yeah, totally say I'm, I'm not that person or I am nervous or I don't know. I don't know what to say now. I'm, this is my first <laughs> online interview. That's also fine, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. So I, I agree with you that culture fit is pretty problematic. Um, and actually, I interviewed a company once and they, they took note of that and they said, we call it cultural ad. Like you were adding to our culture. Yes. You're not fitting into something. And I, and I admired that. I mean, well, yeah. again, it's a time to experiment, right? And that means with language as well and just with how we're reorganizing ourselves as teams. So um, culture ad uh, is, is a new way to invite people to, you know, look at it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. Did you feel like it was harder or easier to get promoted while working remotely? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard question for me to answer because I, I think that getting promoted is always its own process. Everyone who goes through it, it's like, has their own story <laughs> in a way of how each step happened. I do think that you have kind of promotion opportunities. So yes, I was remote and in a different time zone and, and all of these things, but I was working with a team that everyone is like that. So I think if I could show that I am a people's person and uh, even like through the screen, I can engage people and get them excited and get them motivated and enable them. Um, Then I'm a great fit because usually for a remote team, you'll want a remote uh, um, lead. I, I, I mean, from, from my experience as well, mixed teams are, are, are often like harder uh, because there's always like this imbalance of the communication. Um, so I think that, you know, when you work remotely, you just have other opportunities and other opportunities to get promoted or to, to try out other things, for sure. And I'd love for you to speak a little more on, if, if I can combine a couple of the questions um, that you've already reflected on earlier, but uh, as far as setting your boundaries, right? So you're like, I put my time, my availability, and especially that, you know, you have your kids and you have your life, you know, everyone, I would, everyone needs to learn from that. I am always, you know, trying to uh, um, respect my boundaries, right? But you get, and especially in the startup world, it's, it's a constant challenge. So you know, I think that it's a testament to show that you, you know, being promoted remotely or, you know, being able to start your own company, um, that that boundary setting has worked for you. So people who feel like they can't set boundaries, they have to say yes to everything, or, you know, they might get fired or they might get, uh, you know, bad reviews or something like that, um, you know, that it's not in fact true. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about that and how more folks should honor their, their, their time and their boundary setting, of course, while doing their job effectively, uh, but just so, you know, that there is more potential, you, you can grow your career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I think if you look at the at the the dry statistics of who I am, I, I I wouldn't have been a natural pick for that promotion because again, I'm a single mom, you know, I have very limited overlap with my my boss and all of the other management people. Uh, I've worked Sunday to, to Thursday. Um, and for me, I I hardly ever came back to work in the evening after she fell asleep just because my brain doesn't function at usually, you know, I can't, 
I can't program at 9 p.m. Like I just, I just can't. You know, it would be ineffective for me to do that. So I think in a way, I was actually, it's weird to say, but I think I was lucky to have these strict boundaries that are external. I think that for some of my coworkers that didn't have, you know, because they are not divorced, they're married, and you know, the the, the spouse takes on most of the the childcare and they can always be online. It was much harder to to set those boundaries. And I think that in a way it worked for my benefit to that I don't I didn't have a choice. You know, this this is what I can do. <laughs> you know, this Take is it me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and I think it is really awesome, like you say, that you know these things they're just technicalities in a way because they didn't prevent me or stop me from doing my job well and doing my job well enough to 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 be seen and to be promoted and to to get the credit because you know it's just I think that if if you're if if you're motivated if you work hard if you care about what you do and if you make sure to echo that and if you make sure that you are seen then then these things and these other restrictions they're not they're not the 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 barriers and if they are maybe the company is not a good fit i i know that the this is a a bit of a complicated atmosphere right now but for talking about being promoted and about a good remote environment then you and even not remote environment you want to work in a place that sees you and a, a place that enables you to grow and a place where you can grow and just because i have these restrictions and these boundaries and because i am very strict about them because I get burned out. If I, if I do calls until 10 p.m., I get burned out. The next day I'm not effective, I'm not productive. Then because of those, you know, I'm still at a workplace, I was still at a workplace that really saw that, you know, saw what I put in and saw my value and allowed me to grow. And I think that, you know, when we're looking for a job, or if we're not happy at our role, I think it is always important to try and find a place that helps us grow professionally and that allows us to do that and does it where we don't have to apologize, you know, for our whatever our life situation is. You know, I don't have to apologize for having a child and I don't have to apologize for not being a person that works 16 hours a day. I'm still a good employee and I still uh, I'm still productive and I still contribute and I think that it is important to kind of find a place that sees it and 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 grows you and where you don't feel like you're micromanaged and you know like you need to constantly apologize for that especially in a remote work you know absolutely uh you're dropping so many gems right now I love it I'd love for you to talk about how your experience with working remotely has influenced the way that you uh, work at your your startup. Um, you know, I think that working remotely, more than the practical shift, has also been a mind shift for me. Like, you know, the the I do feel that there are maybe more when you have that flexibility. Let's call it when you have that mental flexibility. Most of the people in my team had side businesses. 
And I don't think that's coincidental. You know, you work remotely and then one of the people on my team was a partner in his wife's uh, um, um, <clears throat> a business that was just a box of, of uh, like beautiful macaroons and flowers. It was the bloom box. It was in Latvia actually. And, you know, and he was able to be a part of that because you work remotely and you have the flexibility and the flexibility is not just in your time and in your restrictions. It's also in how you think about things. And I think it is part of what inspired me to say, oh, I can go out and start my own business, you know, because I think at least working in an office, I had one idea of what a company is and suddenly I work remotely. Hey, I can do this from home. The company that I, so I joined GoDaddy uh, is in a company that was just bought by GoDaddy like a few months before I joined. And that company was 100% remote from the moment it was founded. Like it never had any offices. And it only had like a PO box in New York and everybody was kind of spread around. And it, it, it showed me that, you know, you can build a successful company remotely. And in today's world, it's actually becoming even easier. So many things are becoming available virtually or remotely. You know, I've applied to the Y Combinator, which is you know, one of the more famous accelerators and VCs in the world. And that's because their program is now remote. And, and suddenly it's a possibility for me as someone who cannot move to San Francisco now for three months because yes, I have a child, <laughs> you know, I cannot move my life. And I think that was a blind spot for accelerators in the tech world. Like, oh, people have to come here and they don't see that by saying that they're actually excluding a lot of people, uh, uh, people with families, people with, with lives that they cannot leave for whatever reason. And, and I think that that mind shift kind of really opens up a world of possibilities and opportunities, you know? Absolutely. Beautifully said. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and with that said, time is flying by. We've got just a little under 10 minutes left. So I'd love to uh, get to maybe one or two more questions and open up the mic for our live callers to see if you all want to chime in with any questions or reflections. Um, so let's move on to this one here. How do you balance your time effectively while working remotely? Have you made any mistakes that you've learned from uh, when it comes to work-life balance? So you can talk a little bit more about work-life balance here. I know you've shared some, you know, some of your uh, journey, but feel free to dive in deeper if you'd like. Yeah, I think I think in a way my mistake was trying to 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 still do this this many hours, and then I do my personal lives, and and not just. The balance just kind of is, you know, allowing the balance to be. I, I, I have, again, restrictions. I know I work until that time. You know what? I am more productive on the days I go, I leave early to pick up my daughter than I am on the days where my daughter is with her dad and I get to work until nightfall. I am more productive on those days. So I, I actually feel in a way that we can be less Working remotely, we can be less worried about uh, uh, the balance because we don't have to sit in front of our computer for 10 hours. You know, we can go and put that laundry load and we can take a break if we need it. And we can stop and go be with the people that we love or do the things that we want to do. And I think that has made me a better employee and a more productive employee. Um, 
So I kind of feel like work-life balance is actually harder in a way when you work in an office because you go there physically and you have to sit in traffic and you have to get back in time and everything is in a rush. And, and working remotely, you can allow yourself a little more flexibility and you can balance it the way that's right for you and your own balance. I will say that, you know, I think for some people, there is the danger of, of um, kind of all the distraction com distractions coming in and not getting to your job. And for me and other people, it's more like I can just get sucked into my work and find myself constantly working because it's always there. I do think that no matter where you fall, it is important to make the distinction so you can find the balance that's right for you. But when you work, you work. And when you don't work, you don't work. Otherwise, the two just get meshed together and you get burned out and it's just really, really hard. So, you know, I, at the beginning, I was working like whatever off my kitchen table or on my sofa because I didn't have a, a desk and I didn't have a, a room for it. Um, and once I did, I, I, I saw how important it was. You know, I have uh, an office room and when I go there, I work. When I leave it, I no longer work. When I go back, I work. But it helps me kind of to say, no, I need my chill time because otherwise I just find myself, I found myself before just sitting in the evening and while I'm watching a show on Netflix, I'm getting an email from work and I'm starting to reply it. And it's just, it takes a toll. And that is something, you know, to, to take, to kind of like, I'm not working now. The email can wait to tomorrow. The Slack message can wait for tomorrow. They're not necessarily, they're probably not expecting me to answer now. And unless it's super important for me for some specific reason to answer this now, of course I've come online at 11 p.m. to fix bugs that were affecting production. But otherwise, just keep that, in order to keep the balance, you kind of need to keep them separate. You know, it's like the yin and the yang. It's not just all gray. <laughs> you need to keep the two separate for them to be balanced. Absolutely. I love talking about balance whenever possible because we get so distracted, just, just to your point. Um, turn your notifications off. Don't let the tech bully you, you know. <laughs> but I love that. I, I've just moved uh, with my partner. We set up a studio room and it's like, and she, the, she is one of the people that is being really affected. She's a cook and now, you know, we, we're, everything is virtual and now, you know, how do you, how do you work online? And so she's like, oh, this is a good idea to keep the computers in this room. And I only work on them when I'm there. And like, you know, so that you don't take your phone to the toilet and just like, you know, lose an hour. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, setting those boundaries. I love that. And of course, you know, you have to be available for emergencies. Um, but Yes, that is the key. That is the key. So we've just, we've got a couple more minutes left. I'd love to open up the mic to anyone who's on the call live with us uh, to see if you have any questions or reflections that you want to share. Um, so now's your time to shine. Uh, I see we do have some, some questions in the chat, but I'd love to uh, have someone come off mute if they feel called to do so. Let's see if someone comes off. No pressure. If not, I'll read what's in the chat box here. Okay, so Heather writes, uh, any other tips for remote interviewing? Great. Okay, we already did that on the screen. Perfect. So um, I'm just gonna just let us close this up then. Let's do some casual speaking. How can we support the work that you do? Uh, how can we follow you, find you offline? Uh, and, you know, 
then also I'd, I'd ask for you to leave us with some more food for thought. You've already shared so much with us in this, in this past hour, but just leave us with some food for thought that we can walk away with um, and, you know, touching on as many of the topics that you've, you've talked about today. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to connect. You can find me on LinkedIn, Tamar Rusham. I think I'm like the only Tamar Rusham like in the world pretty much. So <laughs> if you found me, this is the same as me. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like in terms of last words, I think that, you know, I've, I've been working remotely for a while and it has been hard at the beginning. And sometimes I do miss, you know, the, the lunches together and the hanging out and the, the face to face. But I love working remotely so much that honestly, I don't think that I'll ever be able to go back to work in an office. I think it's, it's not just, it makes you think about work in a different way. It makes you see how work is a part of your life in a different way. And it does also open up opportunities that you might not necessarily have. Um, and I will finish with like a sentence from one of my team members. Uh, when we met, we used to have like a, a yearly conference and, uh, and he said, wow, it's so weird to be wearing pants all the time. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, it's lovely, you know, you can just do you, you can be with a pajama. So, that's great. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. I love that you said that earlier too, because it's it's those moments where it's like, come on, let's be real. Let's just get more real. Let's, you know, let's share some humor. Um, so great. We've got, okay, perfect. Actually, Sophia, I'll also say that if you've joined us live, you're going to get a rewatch email with, you know, um, the links to how to connect with Tamara uh, and also the link to the, the, to the video to rewatch it. So don't worry, her LinkedIn will be in there as well. Um, Tamara, thank you so much for sharing time with us. Um, love your energy. I love all of the reflections and the advice that you've thrown our way today. Thank you everyone for joining us live for this hour uh, and we'll see you on the next Chat and Learn. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Bye. <laughs>